international grouping of teacher type people from uh, our churches from across the globe, as well as some uh, mainstream churches of Christ and a few other people, uh, about 200 of us in San Antonio. A wonderful time, fellowship, great lessons and classes, great conversations, um, people from Africa, people from Philippines, people from uh, Estonia, as well as the United States, uh, Southern America. Um, uh, Andy and Sandra Azilo from London, some of you may know, were there as well. So there were three of us from the UK there. And uh, Steve and Trish Staten, some of you know, uh, were there and send their love to everybody here. And I pray there's a chance they'll be visiting the UK at the end of the year or maybe in the spring of next year and uh, they'll come, come see us, which would be fabulous. Um, there's too much, to, to, too much that, that I could say, there's so much I could say about the conference uh, on lots of levels to do with personal refreshment, um, vision for the future, particular issues that were discussed and this is not the time and place for that but I just wanted to say it was a very enriching time and I think it's very important it's a very important uh, event being the first of its kind actually there have been other teacher group meetings before but never one of, of this size of this length and uh, numbers of people involved and its focus so if you'd like to know more about it come and have a chat with me in the the fellowship afterwards, but it was wonderful. And thank you to Thames Valley because you sponsored me to go. So uh, that's why I was able to go. Which is, uh, I'm very, very grateful. Uh, but tonight what I'd like to do is just spend a few minutes talking about um, our response to what's going on right now. And I've, I'm just going to give four brief thoughts for us. Uh, the first is that one good response is prayer rather than anxiety. Uh, we'll talk about that more. And then empathy and compassion. For those who are suffering. <coughs> Thirdly, action to provide comfort where we are able to and where it's appropriate. And fourthly, to make the most of every opportunity that we're given through this to be able to share about the comfort that Christ can give that the world or medicine cannot. And this is all reminding us of how um, vulnerable we are and how much we really need God. So first of all, prayer in place of anxiety. James chapter 5 verse 13 here. Is anyone among you in trouble? And there are a lot of people in trouble at the moment. And there will be more, of course. Um, as you know, and most of you will know, my wife's a GP. And, uh, you know, the medical services are stretched. And not just stretched as in it's challenging, but stretched as in, you know, Penny was working from 7 yesterday morning till 9 last night. Wow. Uh, so it's that kind of challenge at the moment, which is not sustainable, clearly. Um, so we need to pray for everybody in trouble, not just those who are ill, but those who are stretched in trying to help people that are ill. Anyway, if you're in trouble, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Well, let them call the elders of the church uh, to pray over them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And part of that's about healing in the context, but part of it is about showing compassion and making sure there's a focus on God as the resource rather than... Uh, anxiety being, in some ways, anxiety is a resource in a wrong way because anxiety is where we go and find comfort almost in the anxiety because it gives us something to do. That's not helpful, it's the wrong thing. Uh, Philippians 4 verses 5 to 7, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Now those are the key words in, that, in this whole verse. The Lord is near. Some, you might think the virus is near, and it might be, who knows, in this very room, we don't know, but... 
The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, including things you can't see and control. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, because he gives us peace that the world doesn't understand and doesn't make sense, will guard your hearts and your minds in, in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, not in who you are, not in the church, not in just even the facts of prayer. It's We get that peace through and in Christ, which is why prayer is a good substitute for anxiety. Uh, secondly, empathy and compassion for the suffering. As we know, Jesus was somebody who was tremendously compassionate, like in Matthew chapter 9. He saw the crowds. He had compassion on them. It's a feeling. It leads to action, but it's a feeling. It's right for us to feel compassion for people and the Beatitudes, the blessed of the merciful, for us to have that sense of mercy for people matters because they are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And in Mark 5, the woman comes to Jesus, falls at his feet. She's trembling with fear, but he says, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Jesus wants to bring peace to people, so he has compassion for them. And then what about action? Action to comfort people where we are able. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that, and those two words are important, so that we may comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And that's why the first point is more important than this point. The first point about prayer rather than anxiety, because if we don't sense that strengthening from God, we're not able then to pass it on to others. So it's not a, we need to not be false in our comfort, like superficial with our comfort. It needs to come deep within us that we have a confidence in God. But then we can pass on comfort to other people. Jesus um, goes off to a solitary place and the crowds follow him. And when he lands, he sees them. He has compassion on them. And there's the feeling, I suppose, again. And he healed their sick. He was involved. Now, clearly, getting involved with people who are ill is, is a wisdom issue. And we need to use discernment because it may not always be wise to be physically present with people. On the other hand, just because someone has a sniffle or sneezes doesn't mean we should run away and uh, you know, tell them, I'll see you next year. So there's a, there are ways to be helpful to people. Um, I, I really appreciate what was it uh, uh, Jean was talking about from China when she was here a couple of weeks ago about the fact that restaurants in China had been taking food and leaving it outside the hospital. They hadn't gone in, left it outside. There are things we can do. Are there people we could help? Action to comfort where we can. And then finally, I'm not going to read the whole passage. We don't need to. It's the passage about Paul and Silas in the jail in Philippi in Acts 16. Um, in Acts 16, they have been beaten. What's the words here? They've been stripped, beaten, severely flogged. That's not great. They've been thrown in prison, put in the inner cell chained and their response is to pray and sing which I find mind-boggling and it, it shows that they took that first point we were talking about earlier very seriously that they prayed rather than became anxious because they didn't know how this was going to turn out 
They could have been killed. They could have been run out of town. They could have been left in jail to rot. They don't know the end of the story at this point. All they know is, let's sing and pray. And there's something about then God uses it. When we have the right attitude towards challenge, then God uses us. Because then the earthquake comes. Then they're freed from their chains. Then the jailer comes. And then he says, what must I do to be saved? And then they teach him. And then they baptize him and his whole household. And it's a transformed situation. They don't see their challenge as a roadblock to God. They somehow see that God will use it for his glory, even though they can't see how. And therefore they rejoice even in their sufferings. I think it's important for us that we make the most of the opportunity to talk to other people about the comfort God has given us. That we see that God may be opening doors through this and give us opportunities to share about Jesus and the strength and healing, even if it's only emotionally, he can give. And the comfort he can give spiritually, even in the midst of all the troubles that other people have. So I think, I'll let me finish with uh, two other scriptures. Jesus said this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. He has already overcome all of these challenges. We don't need to fear such things. And we need to remember this. We cannot be separated from God's love. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or virus? None of these things can separate us from the love of God. So we are safe in his love, even if the virus takes a toll on our bodies. And that may happen. But we're safe in the love of Christ. Which is what matters more than anything else. So our response, I would suggest, is prayer in place of anxiety, empathy and compassion for those who are suffering, action to comfort those where we can, and making the most of every opportunity to tell others about the comfort of Christ that's available that we know about and we'd love them to know about. So I'll share, let me just leave that with you, Tim, to talk about prayer.